Hello and welcome to the HPP Podcast. I am your host, Arden Castle, and this week's episode comes from our People and Places collection. If you love visuals, I suggest checking out our YouTube channel for the video version of this interview. Enjoy! Hello and welcome. This is Health Promotion Practices author interviews, and my name is Arden Castle. Each episode will explore a recently published article and its author. This week, I am joined by Dr. Carlos Mahaffey, author of Evaluating the Feasibility of Implementing an HIV Prevention Intervention for Incarcerated African American Men, Lessons Learned from a Pilot Study, which was published in September 2020. This episode is focused on his professional career, which is just one part of a three-part series with Dr. Carlos Mahaffey. Tune in to our other episodes to hear more about him and our other authors. Without further ado, welcome Dr. Carlos Mahaffey. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you, Arden. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's a beautiful day today. So you have a doctorate in pharmacy and a master's in public health. Can you tell me a little bit about your educational journey and how you ended up in public health? Sure. So it is very interesting. Initially, I wanted to go into law when I was in high school, but I realized after talking to a counselor and my parents that I actually had an interest in health. And I had done several summer programs that also were focused in health, in the the health field. And so I know that I wanted to go to Florida A&M University, which is in Tallahassee, Florida, and they had this very attractive pharmacy program. And they sent this brochure and said, hey, you know, do you want to be a doctor in six years? And you would make six figures. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And, and so I signed up for the program. I changed my major before school started to pharmacy, and I completed the six-year program. And throughout that time, I realized that I really loved working directly with patients, but I also wanted to work with communities in a larger, grander scheme. And so I was introduced to public health. And while a lot of people at that time didn't, or at least people that I talked to, couldn't really speak on how pharmacy and public health were related, I was able to meet a couple of people who said that I might want to consider pursuing a master in public health. And so right after I finished my doctorate of pharmacy degree, that fall, I attended Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta to pursue my master of public health degree. And so that really started the journey, just one thing happening, leading to the next. That's really exciting that these opportunities kind of just popped up and and you're able to develop your taste for what you were looking for in public health. Absolutely. Um, I just want to mention your degrees came from Florida A&M University and Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia, both of which are historically black colleges and universities. Did that play a role in deciding how you chose these academic institutions specifically? Oh, absolutely. So I am a first-generation college student. Although my parents did attend some college, they didn't finish. However, I, I do have an older brother, and he attended Albany State University. That's in Albany, Georgia, and it's a HBCU. And then on my mother's and father's side, 
There are family members who attended HBCUs from Alabama State University, also Albany State University. And so I was surrounded by a lot of influence in other professionals, people from my community, from my high school faculty there. All of them had attended different HBCUs. And so I knew that that was a very important factor for me when I started to look for a college or university. So it sounds like there's a lot of influence based off of the folks that you're around and to kind of finish your parents' legacy by completing college at a historically Black college or university. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And how has your identity shaped the way that you interact with public health? Well, in several ways. Again, so I've taken a lot of influence from my community and growing up. I'm originally from Columbus, Georgia. And I like to think of it as like a big little city. And so it's, it's big enough that there are so many people there. It's now the third largest city in Georgia. At one point in time, it was the second largest. But it's small enough that you kind of still can know everyone. And, and so all of those things combine with my experiences with who I interacted with and seeing things that would happen or that you would see in a small town, kind of seeing different disparities that exist, seeing homelessness, but while being active in high school and different organizations, you all, we're always doing community service, but you know, at those times, we're just thinking, oh, it's something that you do, but not really realizing the true meaning behind it. So having those experiences, again, coupled with other friends and family that have attended HBCUs. And I think that's one of the factors that are, are really encouraged with students and graduates of HBCUs with connecting back with your community. And so combining my interest in health and my fascination with public health specifically with those ideas and ideals from HBCU both for A&M and Morehouse School of Medicine, it just influenced my eagerness to work in public health and specifically to work in public health with populations that look like mine or look like me specifically. I like that there's kind of this full circle nature to starting out working in the community, going, getting an education and and really still having your roots coming back to the community. And I mean, as someone who's done some volunteer work as well, I think we all have in high school, you don't really think about the larger picture and the systems that you're participating in that are helping these folks. You think that it's kind of like, okay, I'm doing this for the summer, but you don't realize how big of an impact those pieces are making. Right, exactly. I wanted to talk about the population that you picked for the paper that we're talking about. So although you don't have any personal connections with the criminal justice system, your research is focused on justice-involved populations. What drew you to this community specifically? So I think from my, again, fascination with public health, I would always think about what was happening to people. And I always saw the justice-involved population as persons that will often have things done to them without them having a decision and how those things were done and whether they were correct in being done. And so just kind of recognizing that there was a, or still is a serious issue with the criminal justice system here in our country 
And knowing that it's overpopulated by Black and Brown people and realizing that, hey, maybe there's something that I can do here. Maybe there's a way that I can contribute. And so I met a professor when I started my Master of Public Health program, uh, Dr. Rhonda Holliday at Morris School of Medicine. And she gave a small speech before our class. And she mentioned that she was working with the criminal justice system. And she's the first person that I ever met that mentioned that they work with the population. And so I was just more interested in kind of finding out what she did and maybe possibly joining her. And so once I had a conversation, she said, well, she could use some help. And so I, you know, was interested. And so I was like, sure, I would love to learn more and see exactly how I would fit in to working with this population. I think that that is a really interesting and a really valid perspective on thinking about these folks because things are happening to them, not with them, and not in the spirit of public health that we want to be seeing. And going off of that, it sounds like having you know a mentor, at least someone who could introduce you to a particular part of the field, was really important in building your research base and where you wanted to take public health personally. So what advice would you give a young professional entering the field and particularly what would you tell a young person of color? I would tell them to definitely reach out to someone and we hear this this phrase all the time you don't want to reinvent the wheel so even if there's something that we're interested in that we're not seeing that doesn't mean that it hasn't been done in any way shape or form and so definitely having that support to offer, I think is critical. And especially in public health and a lot of fields, it's about networking as well, because that is how you will find out about the opportunities. And then you will be able to then implement your expertise or the expertise that you hope to gain and then get your your research trajectory and your career really started. So definitely networking and mentorship just offer that, that extra needed support so that you aren't burned out just from trying to find opportunities where they may or may not exist. I am a little curious. You talk about mentoring and networking. Are there any particular ways that you see folks doing this the best? Is this through conferences? Is this through your colleagues in programs or through your professors? I think all of the above. So I started with my professors and I got the opportunity to attend my first APHA, American Public Health Association conference, the first year of my Master of Public Health program. And it really changed my life because it's a really huge gathering of public health professionals all over the country and some from outside of the country as well. And so you really get this great opportunity to see what everyone is doing and to meet people and network with people. And it's a way, if you do make those connections with your professors and they are also public health researchers, then they will have the chance to introduce you to people that they know. It's, it's a lot of people, but it's a small field, especially when you think about your interests, specifically in research. And so knowing that your professor may know of someone they can introduce you to, or you could just find your research area within the conference and usually go up and talk to the, the presenter after they are done. And people are usually open, so they will share their information with you. 
and tell you to contact them. Everyone in public health seems very, very helpful. So again, a combination of those factors from talking to your professor, attending conferences, and even if you don't have the opportunity to attend a conference, even just sending a, a cold email and saying, hey, um, I'm a student or I'm just interested in public health and I looked up your name and saw an article you wrote or a presentation that you gave online and I just want to find out more information about whatever it is that you want to find out. Again, I think all of those things are helpful and definitely just do a combination to insert yourself. Definitely. It sounds like there isn't one best way to get connected, but, you know, not being afraid to approach some folks in the field through whatever connections you have. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, perfect. Thank you for sharing all this knowledge with us. And as we wrap up, we're going to do a quick lightning round. So just a short answer to each of these questions. So if you could learn any language, what would it be? I would want to learn, I think I'm going to get the click right, Tosa, and I may, I may have messed that up. Uh, it's a South African language, but Tosa, I'll try that again. <laughs> but I would love to learn that language. I love it. What is your favorite season? <sighs> That's a hard one. I would say fall. I love fall because... Sometimes you can get away with still wearing summer clothes and it's going into the winter where it's all about layers and I like dressing up. So I think fall gives the most options. I like that. And that's the time it is right now. So you're the best time to be you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let's see. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Definitely a dog person. My family used to raise dogs and breed them. And so I experienced lots of dogs growing up. (laughs) So dog person for sure. If you could have any other career than what you do right now, what would it be? I would love to be an astronaut. (laughs) I think that's very different, but I think that would be amazing. Yeah, very different, but I think it's still fun. (laughs) Yes. And then our last question, what is something that you read for fun and really enjoyed recently? Hmm, read for fun. Mm. The last book that I read and really, really enjoyed was Becoming by Michelle Obama. And... I really enjoy it because I learned so much about her and her journey from growing up and being from Chicago. And and then she went into her experiences as being a first lady. And it really kind of brought everything full circle because it was really important when Barack Obama was elected and seeing a Black family in the White House. And so just having the opportunity to kind of go behind the curtain and see what that experience was for her was amazing to me and so I really enjoyed it I don't know if it sounds as fun (laughs) I know sometimes politics doesn't seem as fun these days however she kept the politics to a minimum in the book so it was really just about her life and her family so I really enjoyed that excellent it sounds like it's a good read I think a few other people have mentioned it as well and it sounds like definitely a unique experience that Mm -hmm. can be really meaningful to read Definitely. I agree. (laughs) Excellent. Well, 
That is all that we have for you today. So thank you, Dr. Carlos Mahaffey for joining us today. And thank you all for listening in. If you'd like to find out more about our guest this week, you can reach him here. And follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook for more author interviews. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode from the HPP podcast. If you enjoyed this content, let us know. You can find more from us on our website, social media, Sophie, and Sage. And you can find all of these links in the podcast description. Take care.